just figure out what I'm doing here. I have too many pieces. Okay, so you can go ahead and advance. So as the, um, the little short synopsis said, um, I was called at the age of 24 uh, to be a missionary. And um, God called me with the verse, uh, John 15, 16. I did serve two terms on the Texas-Mexico border. Um, after two terms, I returned home to Ohio, had a couple of careers here. I uh, worked at Wendy's International in Dublin, Ohio. Um, I worked in their accounting department. And I also uh, went on then to teach school. I am a certified teacher. And I worked at Buckeye Valley High School and uh, taught as an intervention specialist uh, there. I received in 2020, I received uh, a renewed call from the Lord, I guess you would say, to get more involved in missions. And um, I started to volunteer in member health and the synopsis is correct up to that point, but that's not all the story. So I'm gonna tell you the rest of the story today. Um, I did receive a renewed call to go back to the Texas-Mexico border earlier this year. So, did you ever think you were done with something? and then found out you weren't. If you've ever had that experience, we're, all, we're in the same boat because I've had that experience too in a big way. You can go ahead. So, I was on a trip to McAllen as I was serving at, at, as a volunteer in member health at that time and we have a work in McAllen, Texas and there were two single women missionaries down there. And a big focus of my ministry since I've served as a single woman missionary was to minister to and support and encourage single women missionaries. So back in the end of February, the beginning of March, I made a trip down to McAllen, Texas to see the work there and also to visit with these missionaries that were there. Well, McAllen is only three hours away from Laredo so I hadn't been back to Laredo for years. That's where I served as a missionary. And so I made the trip to Laredo and I made arrangements with Pastor Juan. He is a pastor of our Laredo 3CU church. Made arrangements with him to meet me at the church. They have remodeled the church and it is beautiful. Um, they have a new fellowship hall, and then the school where I taught is right on that same property. So I made arrangements to meet him there so that I could see all of this uh, once again. Well, as God would have it, and as the uh, Hispanic culture goes, he was late. And so I took a walk around the block and, and uh, had a couple of dogs with me just kind of following me along. But anyways, I took a walk around the block and came back and he still wasn't there. So I sat in my car, my red rental car. And all of a sudden, that car filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. It was nearly palpable. It was so strong. And I knew I was in the presence of Jehovah God. I don't know if you've ever had that experience, but it was, I felt kind of like Isaiah, you know? And 
he started speaking to my heart about the city of Laredo and about the needs in the community around that Laredo church. And he had given me a renewed call to go back to the city of Laredo, Texas. Go ahead. So I want to share my story uh, in the context of the parable of the sower found in uh, Luke 8. So I'm going to read that. It's Luke 8, verses 4 through 9, and then 11 through 15. And when a great multitude had gathered, they had come to him from every city. He spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now the parable and the disciples asked him, What does this parable mean? Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear, then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with the cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. So, what do we know about the sower? Well, we know he goes out and he sows his seed. Well, what's required, you can move on to the next one, what's required to sow seeds? Well, this is a very short list, I'm sure there's a lot more, but you need the seeds, you need to make preparations for sowing the seeds, and of course you need the soil or the land. So the seed is the word of God, as we know from Jesus' parable. So how will I share the word of God? Well, I will share the word of God by working with our Laredo 3CU Church to reach the lost using the skills that he has given me, such as teaching English as a second language. I have a master's degree in that area. Tutoring junior high and high school students. Finding college and career pathways for those who need that assistance. Um, Laredo has a low graduation rate, and those who do graduate from high school, many of them do not go on to college. And I will also help identify and organize events that the church wants to have there in the community. But the end goal of all of these, of course, is to develop relationships in order to be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the lost. So what kind of preparations? Well, back in Bible days, these are kind of the things that they had to do. This is a short list again. They had to inspect and repair the plow. They had to make or sharpen the goad to prod the animals along. They had to make the yoke smooth and comfortable for the animals. 
and then they had to wait for the rain to soften the ground. What are my preparations? Well, I want to share about my ministry with others. I want to find those who will partner with me in prayer and in meeting the financial obligations that I have for this ministry. I have to sell my home in West Jefferson and pack. And of course, I need to say goodbye to family, friends, and my church family. So let's talk about the soil. So the different soils represent how the hearers respond to the word of God. Some fell by the wayside. That means it was just immediately rejected. Have you ever tried to start talking to somebody about the Lord and they're like, don't talk to me. I don't, you know, I don't believe in that. Don't even talk to me. That's those people. Some fell on the rock. They initially accept God's word, then fall away when temptation comes. They're interested, but not interested enough to resist that temptation. Some fell among the thorns. The word is rejected because of the pleasures and cares of this world. So, you know, yeah, I'd be a Christian, but that means I have to give up that, right? Those kind of, that's what you hear sometimes, right? Um, and then others fell on good ground. And these are the hearers who accept God's word and produce a harvest. And I thank the Lord for those who accept the word of God. Well, what about my soil? <clears throat> so, I have little vials here. You can't hardly see them, but they are actually filled with dirt from all these places. Okay? This is Plain City, Ohio dirt. <laughs> Woo! Okay, so this is Plain City, Ohio. This is... This is, I have to say, it's not really Laredo dirt, but it is from the Texas-Mexico border. One of the missionaries in McAllen sent me dirt. So that's Laredo dirt. Then I lived on Long Island for about three and a half years, still working for Wendy's then. I lived close to Jones Beach. Um, and this is sand from Jones Beach. And then West Jefferson, probably not much different than Plain City, but there's West Jefferson soil. I live there and I try to minister to my neighbors. All right, so God has used me in all these places to sow seeds in this soil through church ministries, through mission work, which was education and children's ministries, uh, reaching out to neighbors. And you know, some seed fell on that bad soil. You know, they're not interested in hearing the word of God. But you know, we've done what we're supposed to do. We're faithful to God, even though they don't respond. But I thank God for those who have listened and who have responded to reap a spiritual harvest. All right, so my soil. Oh, I have an empty one. I have an empty vial. God has called me back to where my missionary journey began, back to Laredo, Texas. And that vial is empty because my second missionary journey hasn't begun yet. We must sow seeds in Laredo 
to reap a harvest for the kingdom. And you might be thinking, why Laredo? Why Laredo, Texas? Go ahead. I don't use a lot of statistics, but there's a couple that I want to give you that are important. This number right here is important. Only 17% of the people in Laredo identify as Protestant. Of those 17%, I don't really know how many of them are actually Christians who have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. 57% of the people in Laredo are Catholic. However, Catholicism in Laredo has been mixed with pagan beliefs and superstitions. How many of you have heard of Day of the Dead? I don't know if any of you have heard of that. That is a pagan belief that has been mixed with Catholicism. That's just one example. All right, you can go ahead. Laredo is a border town. It's right on the Texas-Mexico border. As such, it is a uh, port of entry for the United States. There are at least three, if not four, international bridges. I, I know there's three for sure. There were only two when I was there. There may be four by now. Um, the city has grown. It's a quarter million people now. 258,000 people live in Laredo. But the interesting thing that I've found in, in research about Laredo is that there are people from 17 countries around the world that are coming to the United States at our Texas-Mexico border. From places you might not even think about, such as China, Russia, India, Romania. So we have people coming in, and it is becoming an international city. So by ministering in Laredo, we have the opportunity to win souls from around the world. It's not just ministering to the people of Laredo, it is ministering to people from around the world. And just think of the opportunity that we have to make an impact there, a spiritual impact, an impact for Jesus, without even leaving the United States. We have that opportunity. Go ahead. All right, so God has called me to go and build relationships through education and to organize and facilitate various ministries. I know you've always heard pray, give, and go. That's been a standard um, phrase for missions, right? Pray, give, go. WGM has recently added serve, and you might wonder what that is. Serve means you may have skills that a missionary doesn't have and that you could use those skills to support that missionary. Let me give you some examples. I have a prayer team. I have a, a team that meets virtually once a month and we share prayer requests and praises and then we pray together. Well, I have a prayer team coordinator for that. Linda Beals is my prayer team coordinator. Phyllis knows who she is, okay? I have a prayer team coordinator for that. She's using her skills. She's a very talented woman. She's using her skills in that way for me. 
Newsletters. Newsletters are supposed to be a little bit different now. First of all, a lot of them are sent through email instead of regular mail because, you know, you don't have to pay for email. So, um, and they're supposed to be short and just kind of a synopsis of, of what's going on, but they're, they're, they come out more often. They come out about once a month. So I'm going to try to get this up and running in January. Um, and I have somebody who's going to help me with those newsletters. And then social media is a big thing now. We all know that. And if we want to um, bring in the younger people in missions and get them more involved, social media is one of the ways to do that. So um, I have a social media coordinator who is going to help me uh, get a ministry page up and running on Facebook and then also Instagram. I don't use Instagram. I am on Facebook, I, but I don't use Instagram and have no clue how to do it. So that's what I mean, using skills, using your skills to help serve. Um, so that's one way that you can be a part of missions. So what I would like for you to do now as I find the page here. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Is ask you a question. Is he finished with you? God has called me to fill another vial in Laredo. I have this empty vial he wants me to fill. But he is also calling others to partner with me. In prayer, that's so important. I need prayer partners. I love the verse James 5.16, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I believe with prayer, with prayer partners behind me, God will make this funding come in, he will make this ministry happen, and he will help me do it. And this ministry is our ministry. I'm building a team. When a missionary goes to the field, those who partner with them are part of that ministry because the ministry cannot be done. The missionary cannot do it alone. It takes a team. So I also need people to partner with me in finances. Now WGM tells us that the average monthly giving for charitable giving is $75. But I like to tell people, whatever God is laying upon your heart, Maybe you can give that. Maybe you can give more. Or maybe you can't give that. Give whatever God lays upon your heart. That is all that I would ask for you to do. When you give and when you pray, whatever God leads you to do, you will equip me to build those relationships with the people that I meet and minister to and so that we can earn the privilege of sharing the gospel. Build relationships, earn the privilege, share the gospel. So what I want to do right now is I want to give you an opportunity to think and to reflect on what God would have you do. And it may not be missions at all. It may not be something for missions. Maybe God wants you to uh, be more involved in ministry in the church. Maybe he wants you to um, start a new ministry at the church. Maybe he wants you to witness to that grocery clerk that you always see at the store. Or maybe he wants you to reach out to one of your neighbors. 
Or maybe he is calling you to missions. 